Hello, I'm Will Stein and welcome to Geography Island Jams. This podcast is in the same style as the BBC Radio 4 Desert Island Disc series, whereby each episode I ask my interviewee what eight songs, book and luxury item they would want to take with them if they were stranded on a desert island. For rights reasons, the music has not been included in the podcast. You can find links to the eight songs on the LSE Geography and Environment website. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Geography Island Jams. With me today, I have a special guest of the department, Martha Ojo. Martha did her undergraduate degree at the LSE in history, graduating 2018. She is now coming to the end of her second term as the LSE Students Union Education Officer, meaning that this is her fifth year at the LSE. Throughout this time, Martha has been living at her home in Tottenham. She has lived in London all of her life, apart from her first two years, where she was born and lived in Nigeria. As a student, Martha was heavily involved in LSE life. She was a course rep, an active member of Afro-Caribbean Society, and founded the Nigerian Society. As education officer, her commitment has continued. Her initiatives include co-launching LSE changemakers, revamping and acquiring funding for Black History Month, and reimagining the LSE 100 module. Whilst Martha has been very busy over the last couple of years, it is arguably Martha's busiest time yet, as she is coordinating the SU's response to the LSE's no disadvantage policy. So welcome, Martha. Thank you, Will. Thank you for having me, Geography. So to start off, um, can you tell me when did you first start thinking about studying history? Oh, wow. Um, probably during sixth form, I was taking A-level history. And initially, if I'm honest with you, I thought perhaps law would be the way to go. But eventually I ended up coming to LSE to study history because I really enjoyed it. I was good at it. Um, I've always had a curiosity about the past, as most historians do. And I thought in order for me to fully appreciate current developments in the world I'm living in, I probably ought to have an idea of what's happened before and see what lessons can be taken from that. So, yeah, sixth form was when I started. Do you have a favourite topic so far? Ooh, my favourite period. This this is going to sound so random, but I had a point in my life where I was really obsessed with Stuart Britain. So it's Charles I, etc., and the English Civil Wars. So yeah, that I think is still one of my favourite periods. Um, and why? What is it about it that made it so interesting to you? Because it was so scandalous. You know, you had a series of, you had two major civil wars over like, I don't know, 20 year period. I think less than that actually. Over a very short space of time. And then you had loads of different actors trying to basically conquer Britain. I think it was really cool. I just find it really exciting. Can you now tell me about your first song? Ooh, my first song is Jaja by Ayana Kumura. And this song is really, it's like a really upbeat Afro-French tune. Um, super popular. I picked it because I love Ayana Kumura. I think, I love her voice. And I also love like her image and what she stands for. She's one of the very few black women out there at the moment who's really picking up numbers online in terms of streaming. And she deserves it because she's super talented. So yeah, I love the song. I love to like to party to it especially if it comes on I'm jumping up and down <laughs> <laughs> so this is now your fifth year at the LSE do you have any favorite experiences so far from either student or being an officer wow I will have to say my favorite experience has to be the campaigns running my first campaign for um, education officer my campaign video was a parody of Drake's um, God's Plan and I filmed it with my, two of my friends um, from Nigerian Society helped me to like film 
um, shout out to Tirani, who's like the best videographer in the world. And my um, friend Temi appeared in the video with me. That whole experience was so nerve-wracking, but coming out of it, I really like think I became a much more um, resilient person because I put myself out there. I did something I didn't think. I had no idea what the outcome would be. And as an anxious person, that's like the worst thing to do. And it was a big deal having to put myself out there. So yeah, that was my favorite experience. Just running, just doing the campaign, regardless of, you know, whether I won or not, just having that experience and putting myself out there, honestly, really developed me. Do you have any favorite places around the LSE? Oh yes. Uh, my favorite place to just go and chill and read a book is Shaw Library. I can't really do any intense studying there, but it's such a calm environment to just relax after a very stressful day on campus. And it tends to be super quiet, unlike the library. (laughs) And it also has a music room right next to it. So I've been teaching myself how to read music for the past like two, three years. So that's always been a good place for me to just kind of pop into to practice. So I love Shaw Library. Can you now tell me about your second song and for any reasons why you've chosen it? Okay, so my second song is a recent find. It's called D&G by David Doe, um, featuring Summer Walker. Summer Walker is probably one of my favourite R&B singers at the moment. And David Doe is, most people who are interested in Afrobeats know that David Doe is like a super big star in the scene. And the song just gives me very chilled out kind of um, summer vibes. Like I can imagine just, you know, hanging out with my friends in the park or like, I don't know, at a beach, just chilling to this song. What do you think has been the biggest challenge during your time as education officer? I think for me, the biggest challenge has definitely been balancing all of the various hats I have to wear. And more specifically, I think getting people to understand and respect my remit within my, the union, which is shocking because you'd think obviously everybody has their own remits, everyone should know what they're doing. But I found that I'd always have to education is something that everybody wants to have influence on you know obviously LSE is an institute of academia and education is why people are there so you know naturally everyone's going to want to everyone feels slightly attached to my role in particular because by definition anything that happens with education has repercussions elsewhere so for me the challenge has really been balancing the extent to which people influence what I do and having to draw that line and clearly say, you know, I'm ta- I can take, I'm taking on board what you said, but, you know, I'm making the final decision. This is my remit and it has to be respected. I found it particularly, um, I, I'm shocked that I found it like a barrier or a challenge because I always kind of expected people to just respect the fact that it's my remit. So I have the final say I was elected into this role. So for me, it was very interesting that during both years, I find myself on numerous occasions having to defend my, like, my right to make a decision. What would you say is your greatest achievement during your time as education officer? Wow. Oh my gosh, can I pick two? I really have two. I think yeah. the first for me definitely is Changemakers because that's something that's now embedded in the LSE landscape. Like that's not going anywhere, I don't think, because obviously it's co-produced by the university. So, you know, just having that as a lasting legacy is just so it's amazing to me and it's something that students will continue to benefit from from now until until forever hopefully and then the second thing which is for me main joint first is um gaining funding for black history month in my first term 
you know, to have the university offer to underwrite me like 10K is a big, big thing. And it wasn't an easy battle to win. It was very difficult. I would go to detail, but that experience really showed showed me um, how tough I am and how good I am at getting at getting what I want. And that I didn't have to be inauthentic to do that. I just had to be myself. And it worked out. So those two. Can you tell me more about them? Because I'm sure there's yeah, such a story to get them to come about. Like change makers are so huge. Yes. What what is exactly like, could you just explain it for those who don't know what it is? Yeah. So change makers is a initiative that funds student projects on issues affecting LSE. So um that's basically what it is. You also, throughout the program, you get um, support from the Eden Centre now, and they will provide you with mentorship, um, resource, um, help you formulate your research plans, etc. Um, and the whole point really is to just give LSC information on how they can really improve, and also it adds to the student experience because you get to run your own independent projects. That's what it is. There's, usually, there's a showcase at the end of the year where students academics come along to see and people from surface areas come along to see so that it's really a community LSE community-wide endeavor and everybody can be involved really and what about black history month so what is it you did to revamp it so black history month you know historically was various areas of the school doing one-off events here and there there was no joint up approach led by anyone so my goal was to do that and what happened for the first time was first of all the SU had loads more events than it usually would have and none of them and all of them were funded by LSE for the first time across the school I put together all of the events into one coherent calendar which meant that there weren't duplications and everybody could basically pretty much support each other's events however they could do however they they could and for the first time, we had something called the Black History Month Public Lecture, which is a yearly event. Well, hopefully it will be continue after I leave, where we bring in a, bit, a major speaker of repute from the African Caribbean community uh, to speak on any issue really that they, any issue that they want or that I stipulate that year. So the first one was done by David Olushaga, who's a BBC historian, and he did a documentary on the history of, of slavery um, and he also wrote a, has written a really um, important book about black British history and yeah it was great it was well attended it was in fact it was so well attended that the next day I got an email from SMC member of SMC basically saying you know we heard how amazing the event went oh basically we can't wait for it to happen again so that those are some of the changes that I made and that's the kind of scale that we're talking about um, in terms of taking it up to another level. Can you tell me about your third song? So my third song is by Tony Braxton, and it's called Me and My Boyfriend. This is the original song to Beyonce and Jay-Z's Bonnie and Clyde. So Beyonce and Jay-Z basically pretty much covered this song. It's that if you play them side by side, they're literally the exact same song. But Tony Braxton's version came before Jay-Z and Beyonce's. The story is that she played the demo for her record label, um, and Jay-Z and Beyonce were there and they decided to take the song for themselves, or they decided to revamp it. Um, so yeah, that's this song. Do you have a favourite dish which you most enjoy to cook? Ooh. Hmm. My favourite thing to cook um, has to be pancakes. 
we just like a proper proper dish like breakfast food but you know pancakes with some fresh berries and maple syrup just there's something about the experience that makes me happy and makes me think of i don't of the summer camps church camps that i used to go to so that has been my favorite thing to make what about <laughs> do you have any memorable stories from when you were younger when you were a kid like did you anything you got into trouble for Ooh, anything I got in trouble for? I was shockingly a very well-behaved kid, other than I like, probably wandering off <laughs> when I'm out with my parents. <laughs> because I'm, I tend to be, I'm quite an introverted person, and this is just a characteristic that stayed with me for my entire life. And I tend to live in my head, so so, so I will, I could be with my parents and like completely forget they exist and do my own thing. <laughs> and walked around and they don't have any idea where I am so that probably annoyed my mother definitely a lot this is to disappear any times where you like properly wanted off at the hospital so we went to um, North Middlesex Hospital I can't remember what for and my mother went into like a cafe and obviously she's expecting us to follow her into the cafe but instead myself and my twin we <laughs> we wandered off to like a pond <laughs> in like by the in the like in the hospital like compound and we both started arguing and we fell in we fell in <laughs> we fell in the pond and my mother came out obviously you know she didn't see us behind behind it. she came out and then she looked at both of us obviously shaking her head like these kids and she made us stand outside the cafe and watch her have a cup of tea because she said she's not letting us in drinking water so I still just they remember standing outside oh my god how old were you her kind of story would probably be different. I think I was about probably five. Oh, wow. So you yeah. only just wanted off. <laughs> yeah, her account of the story would probably be different. <laughs> that's what I remember. Can you now tell me about song number four? Song number four is called Blessings by Angel. Angel is a member of Western, which is um, a UK... A music group they do mainly like r&b slash like afro swing kind of dancehall vibe music it's probably dancehall i think it's more afro swing yeah more afro swing r&b hip-hop um and this is his single his own solo single and it basically just talks about you know being grateful and being content with where he is in his life and that's just like contentment is something i try to as a value i try to maintain in my life when regardless of you know what I'm doing and it's not contentment doesn't mean to be lazy for me I think contentment means to just be happy and to accept like what you have and to be happy with that so anything that happens after it's like a plus so this song just reminds me to be happy with where I am and how far I've come you get to see both sides of the LSE you're obviously being a student you know the student perspective and working alongside the directorate you get to hear LSE's perspective are there any misconceptions which students get wrong from LSE or LSE get wrong from students? I think that ultimately the LSE perspective of students sometimes I think doesn't give enough credit to the students they recruit. They can see students as trying to game the system, play this or yeah basically trying to game the system which is something I've heard, rhetoric I've heard from various members of like the LSE community but it's not all, it's not like all members but like when I've had major policy debates it's a piece of rhetoric that comes up and I'm always having to say you know your typical LSE student is here to do well they're super smart 
they're super determined they want to get everything right the first time nobody wants yeah and they were they hit they want to get it right the first time and it's your job to just provide them the environment that allows them to do that basically and also is compassionate when they can't because they're not in they, they don't want to not take their exam in, at this point they don't want to have to defer or do these things you have but you have to be compassionate when these things happen i think on the student side students view LSE as hard and cold administration who don't care about what students want and i think that's misconstrued because LSE is not just the directorate LSE is not just that one person in your department who is making things difficult for you most people are in education because they want to do the best thing for students Um, and i've had experiences that have attested that to me over and over again people in the institution do want to do, the, to do the best thing for students and they will go out of their way to do that for you. Can you now tell me about song number five? Song number five is called The Mystery of Iniquity by Lauren Hill. This song was actually sampled by Kanye West on his track um, All Falls Down um, and Lauren Hill basically produced this song when she was going through a very kind of low moment in the industry she had disappeared for a while and this was one of the first she and then she did like an mtv unplugged session and this was this was one of the songs she performed it basically just talks about the injustices of the american criminal justice system and how people need to basically try and reform their lives in order to to be their higher selves and yeah for me it's a very um it's a song that reminds me to to not be to not take for granted kind of life that i have had the opportunity to live basically yeah if you had a magic wand is there anything you would change in the lse or the students union oh that's a very good question yeah i'm trying to pick one (laughs) um if i had a i would first first of all i would give the union more money (laughs) i think that's what i would do i would fund the union properly and really make it a hub for providing services for students outside of the classroom. I think where we've gone kind of array as a community is different, it's, be- it's becoming less clear what different parts of the LSE do. It seems like parts of the LSE are all trying to do the same thing, which has its benefits because it means there are multiple outlets for students to seek resources and seek help. But then it has its detriments because it means sometimes it's difficult to get things, the things you're doing right. It means it's hard to do things properly. So let me take, for example, um, let's take department level, for example. Departments are trying to, you know, obviously cater more to the student experience now. And so they're doing more activities and things like that, which cater to particularly what the department wants, which is like good for students. You get to build that community in, your, in the hub. But I think... LSE needs to fund a union to do more union uni-wide things and initiatives, right? So that we can get students out of their departments and feeling more part of a more holistic community. Whether it's the summer ball, which will happen next year, just more events like that. Getting funding the union to put together more events like that that really cater students in terms of an LSE-wide sense would be beneficial. And our advice service needs more funding as well. You know, students always have so many questions and LSC just doesn't have enough people to tackle that. So advice would, would definitely go. Can you now tell me about your sixth song and for any reasons why you've chosen it? Okay, so my sixth song is How Deep Is Your Love by PJ Morton. This is a cover of, the, of a song by the same name um, by 
the Bee Gees, which became popular after being in Saturday Night Fever. Love it. It's a really, really great cover. And it's just something I like to do when I'm just trying to relax. As a child, was there anything you wanted to be when you grew up? And if so, are they the same as your ambitions now? So at one point I wanted to be an actress. This was in year 11. And then I wanted to be, and then I wanted to be a lawyer, which I still want to be. So, yeah. How long did you want to be an actress for? I wanted to be an actress for about maybe four years, actually. All through um, secondary school, I wanted to be going to performance. Did you pursue anything? Like, did you go to any... Oh, yeah, so definitely. So um, I did uh, workshops at Mountain View Theatre School and I was the lead in our school production of Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. It was reinterpreted through dance I, and I helped like to put the production together. I then wrote, adapted Malibu Blackman's Noughts and Crosses into a stage play and performed that as my final piece in year 11. So yeah, I, was re- I really thought I would go into acting or dance, but yeah here i am <laughs> oh wow so it wasn't just a whim it was like a proper, proper thing yeah yeah proper thing yeah do you have a personality trait you're most grateful for my introvertedness how comes because it it's a benefit because it allows me to reflect i think i'm, I'm very conscious of the fact that i need time to energize myself and be the best person for others when I'm around them basically so being an introvert allows me time to really figure out the things I like and the things I don't like which allows me to clear and set out like a path of how I want my life to work because I think one of the things that make me nervous about this journey is of life period is I don't want to become someone in 10 years I have no idea how I got to be this person so being an introvert allows me to really reflect on the steps I want to take to be, to be who I am, basically. To be whoever I want to become. Um, so I don't get to a point in my life where I look back and say, what the heck was I doing the past 10 years? So, yeah. Can you now tell me about your seventh song and for any reasons why you've chosen it? Okay, so this next song is called Lelo by Samadina featuring Orinayo. And this song was suggested to me by my, one of my best friends, Temi. And... I really like nostalgic sounds um, and this song has that and it's, I find it quite therapeutic. So I like listening to it when I, again, when I like to like chill and just zone out. Um, this is one of my songs. What is your favourite part of being part of the London School of Economics? Ooh. LSE has some of the most ta- like intelligent, talented and industrious people I think I've ever met in, in, in one community at one time. It's crazy and it's not just, um, it's like across the years. Usually in any community that is transient, because obviously different cohorts come and leave, right? You would think each cohort would be extremely different. And in some ways, yes, they are. But the commonality is that people here want to change the world. And it's not just, it's not just like, a, it's not just rhetoric. You see it in their lives, whether or not it's they volunteered for this charity in like Zambia or, or they're setting up this startup or, you know, they're working for this particular government agency. People at LSE are preaching, are doing what they preach. It's not just a soundbite or it's not just something they put on their 
CV or personal statement to get in. It's their lives and LSE is just a place to bump up their skill set in order for them to go back into the world. And to me, to me, honestly, it's inspiring and it makes me want to always be on my A game and to contribute positively to the world that we live in. Can you now tell me about your eighth and final song? So my eighth song is Learn Me Right by Mumford and Sons and Birdie. This song reminds me of being in sixth form. I had an obsession with Mumford and Sons during my sixth form years. And this song just makes me feel so hopeful and makes me feel like I want to go on an adventure. Yeah. So yeah, this is, this is my song. Now, so you're allowed to take with you the Bible, the beverage report, and a book of your choice. <laughs> what book do you want to take with you? Beverage report. That's so funny. Could be a good read. It could be. <laughs> um, again, difficult one because I love reading. It would have to be the autobiography of Malcolm X, honestly. It would have to be for, because for me, it's a great coming of. It's actually a coming of age book, in a way, because it details his life, who became. And it's also quite tragic as well. So it has all the bits of a good story for me anyway. And it's, you know, a real world, you know, he's, he existed in, he's not fictional. So it has relevance to the world, like now, immediately, politically anyway, and historically. So yeah, Malcolm X, autobiography. And what about your luxury item? My luxury item, oh my gosh, I would take my... I take my Ted Baker bag to put everything in. <laughs> what is it? What does it look like? It's black and it's very it's a classic Ted Baker bag. Black backpack, mini backpack with Ted Baker and Rose Gold. It's cute. It's exactly me. Simple. <laughs> Simple and elegant and chic. <laughs> I suppose you need to carry stuff around the island. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's it. Well, thank you very much, Martha, for telling about your Geography Island jams. Thank you for having me. It's been fun.